Welcome into the Hard's Edge podcast. My name's Phil. And I'm Stacy. And this is a podcast devoted to reviewing and breaking down horror movies, both new and old. Good and downright fucking terrible with me, somebody who loves horror movies and always has. And me, who married into it. And we are still a relatively new podcast, and with that being said, if you enjoy uh, today's show, please make sure to subscribe, share it with your friends, help us grow, and the biggest way that you can help us out is by dropping a review in iTunes, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to this. Uh, It takes you about five seconds, and it helps us out more than you could ever imagine. Uh, If you're able to drop a few words in there, that helps out as well. We truly appreciate it. We're on Facebook at Horror's Edge, uh, Instagram and Twitter at The Horror's Edge. Uh, and this is the best way to get in contact with us. Uh, direct messages are always open. We're posting on there constantly. Throw a comment, tell us what you thought of the podcast. We love the feedback and we love the interactivity. So Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, today we're going to be discussing episode three of The Last of Us. Uh, first two episodes so far are already posted on here so far phenomenal show yeah uh so we had very high expectations coming in today and killed me it's in the middle of playoff football so it's like man do i want to watch the (laughs) chiefs Bengals game or do i want to do this and we decided to do this at nine o'clock as soon as it dropped instead of having to delay a little bit because both of our kids are very much into it uh this is heading up towards my daughter's favorite show right now it's uh supernatural that she likes the most believe it or not and i mean who doesn't like some sam and dean <laughs> yeah she's terrified of horror though yes. like completely as soon as we say anything is coming on the tv fine i'm going upstairs but i think we kind of <laughs> got her into it because that show yes it has horror yes it talks about ghosts and and you know all the spookiness but that's very much up my alley so She's just like me. She doesn't like the scariness and the yeah. the gore. But it's a very bubblegum way to get into horror, basically. And she's at the and, age where uh, she's starting to look at boys. Yeah, uh, uh, different story, different day. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, we decided to watch this episode the second that it came out. Nine oh one, we had it turned on, and for whatever reason, HBO decided that it wanted to be a dick. So it started at nine oh three. Had to reset the PS five to get it to work. Maybe yeah. it just needed a few seconds to work. Um, oh, so we'll get to a quick review of what we thought of it before we start doing a scene by scene breakdown. And first things first seemed long, not when we were watching it, no. but when I started it, first thing that I do is I hit pause to see how long this is going to be because it's already 9 PM kids have school the next day and an hour and 20 minutes. I expected that for episode one. When episode one was an hour and a half or whatever it was, uh, okay, that makes sense. Outbreak day, uh, I'm all for it. Episode two, I think, was just under an hour. I expected that to be the runtime for all these episodes. Now, if each episode is the length of a movie, seems excessive. Yeah, I mean, I was yawning already kind of before the show began, and it definitely dragged on for me. I don't know if I could do an hour 20 each Sunday at 9 p.m. Now, what I will say, I don't see how they could either cut any of this out, uh, make it shorter, or God forbid you break it up into two episodes. There would be no middle point to break this up. So it almost had to be an hour and 20 minutes. I could see maybe cutting five minutes out, 10 minutes out, something like that. But for what they were trying to get across... 
for the emotions that they're trying to get across, you need that full hour and 20 minutes. So I'm putting that as a negative, but at the same time, it's not because it's an hour and 20 minutes of entertainment that what, what the fuck am I bitching for if it's good? Yeah. Uh, the way that we rate things around here is one through 10. One, dog shit terrible. 10, absolutely amazing. Five, completely average. Uh, now, I mentioned this on the previous two episodes. I'll mention this again here. Very difficult to give a rating for a TV show because there are cliffhangers. Obviously, it's going to leave us at a point where questions are still unanswered. There are uh, backstories that still need to be developed later on. There's a lot that you don't have yet, so it's hard to give a rating on because you don't know if they're going to go back and answer questions that you have. Um, but with all that being said, what did you give this episode? I struggled a little bit because I felt like it was just very drawn out and I was kind of bored through a majority of it, I guess. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Um, I'm going to give it a four. I had high okay. expectations for this series and I understand not ever, every episode is going to be hit it out of the ballpark. I just kind of expected it to not focus so much on the non- um, what do you call them? The non-lead characters. Yeah, I thought that was a miss for me. Like I got a snippet in the beginning, and then maybe twenty minutes, if that, maybe it's a little longer. It it just felt short for me. It okay. felt like I wanted to know what Joel and Ellie were up to, and I understand the show is not basically about them, but that's how they portrayed it. Mm-hmm. Again, I've never seen the video game. I've only seen. You play it. Yeah. So I don't know what to expect. So I guess to me, from my perspective, it fell short. Gotcha. I, I just was expecting a little bit more meat on the bone for their story. And yes, I know they need a little bit of backstory yeah. with other characters, but I just felt like it it missed the ball for me. I'm being honest. Yep. Gotcha. All right. So... I struggled with giving this a rating. I actually didn't write anything down because I was still processing my thoughts. We literally turned the PlayStation off about four minutes before I hit record. We had to set up our uh, mics and everything, but I still had to process everything. And if you asked me about 20 minutes into this episode what I thought, I'd probably say three, maybe four. I think I'm in the high eights, low nines. Really? Uh, I'm going to give this a nine out of ten. And uh, when we get into the breakdown of it, I have a lot of things that I need to say about it. Some not good, some great. Uh, This is a very emotional episode of the uh, show. Um, Very different from what I expected having played the games. There are different character... I don't want to say different character choices, but different things than what happens in the video game, which is completely fine. It's supposed to be. This is a reimagination. If not, just give us the fucking game. Tell us to have a good day. Right. Um, but, man, the amount of emotion that they can pack into an episode is absolutely incredible. Um, the characters got nothing but a boost up in story development for me. The actors and actresses, phenomenal, once again. Uh, this one has... Uh, Rick Swanson himself. This is a mistake. Why would you call it that on your menu? I don't know what to tell you, man. 
Just give me all the bacon and eggs you have. Wait, wait. I worry what you just heard was <laughs> give me a lot of bacon and eggs. <laughs> what I said was give me all the bacon and eggs you have. So I'm not a Parks and Rec guy, but I've seen a lot of the YouTube shorts and stuff like that. I, I absolutely love the character of Rick Swanson, and Nick Offerman plays him perfectly. So when I saw Nick Offerman in the role that he's in in this episode, I didn't quite know what to think. At first, when he was trying to play the serious parts, I I just smiled. I'm like, yeah, this doesn't work. It, it's terrible. And the more it got into it, the more developed the characters got, the more the better things got. Man, he was great. Um, the guy who played Frank in it, great. Uh, Ellie and Joel, once again, they're phenomenal. Yeah. They, they play the parts perfect. The yeah. scenes are perfect. The uh, environments are amazing. The dialect. Everything about how they shoot this stuff is fucking awesome. Now, I did have um, a question. Is it like on a film set? Is it like a real life, uh, I, I guess, like firsthand, like they're actually in the woods? Like, I well, was the, very... the wood scenes are definitely in the woods. Uh, as far as I mean, that everything makes sense. else, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, well, there are things like what ET. They actually built a fake forest inside of a production studio. I mean, it's very expensive to bring that type of lighting out to the woods mm. and get everything set up. I just was curious because, um, like, some of the scenes were done very beautifully. Mm -hmm. um, so I just was curious. Because sometimes you can tell the difference, and to me, it I couldn't tell. So I guess it's like good for them if they didn't use um, <clears throat> real scenery because it was very realistic. Yep. All right. So let's uh, before I start spoiling things because I want to uh, check this out. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen any of these episodes yet, I highly, highly, highly suggest it. Do the free trial for HBO. <laughs> uh, everybody knows how to make an email. Do free trial. Uh, it, we're not broadcasting man. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's also not getting deleted out. No, uh, subscribe <laughs> to HBO. Check this show out. It is definitely worth your time. So far, I thought every episode was absolutely phenomenal. You thought that this one fell a little bit short. We'll talk about that. But don't listen to the review yet. Check it out for yourself. Get your own opinion on it. Hop on the socials. Talk to us about it. Let us know what you think after uh, hopping back in, listening to the podcast after you saw yeah, it. Yeah, I just want to take a minute and say, like, I really appreciate the people that talk back on our social media outlets. It's a lot of fun. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun to have the conversation, especially because I'm not a horror buff and I, I don't claim to be. So it's fun to get that perspective from somebody that maybe is and agrees with you very heavily most yep. people do which i understood doing this they <laughs> would but it's fun when people take my perspective and say wow i didn't think of that it it makes my day because i don't hear it very often yep i don't hear wow that's great you did a great job it feels great so i just had <laughs> to take a moment to say thank you to all those that agreed with my viewpoint sometimes yeah to those of you who uh don't know stacy runs our social media accounts a lot of you guys that are listening probably listening in because stacy reached out to you she's on there all the time so appreciate the hard work and uh if you want to reach out to her just it, it, do the dms but if you want to get a hold of me specifically just say hey this is for phil and she'll ping me and i'll hop on there and uh chime in as well so Get into the scene-by-scene scene breakdown. This episode uh, picks off basically right where the last one left off. Uh, Joel is uh, picking uh, these rocks out of a river, and he's building this like rock statue, almost like a memorial for Tess. 
uh, okay, because that she makes passed more sense. away. Um, and we're 10 miles out of Boston, 10 miles west of Boston. So they got out of the uh, zone. They're free and clear of all the infected, or so it seems anyway. Uh, Joe goes to eat some of his small scraps of food. He has like one little nibble, and he looks over at Ellie and just tosses the whole bag to her. He's still completely silent to her, yeah. like not talking, not anything. The tension that you felt between the two of them, even without them speaking, just the body language and the um, the silence between them, it, it's so hard to get that across without words. They did that phenomenally. You yeah. could tell there was tension. And Allie's trying to break that tension, and Joel's like, I don't give a crap. I don't care. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. Stop talking to me. It felt very realistic, and I loved it. Yeah. Uh, it even got to the point where Ellie's like, hey, listen. He's like, I don't want to hear you say that you're sorry. He's like, no, I'm not going to say that I'm sorry. What I'm going to say is nobody told you that you had to take me. Uh, you and Tess decided to take me just that way you get a goddamn battery for your car. Yeah. I'm a piece of luggage to you. So don't expect me to feel bad for this because this isn't even my fault. Um, so that there's high tensions between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Ellie's obviously like, hey, what the fuck did I do wrong? And Joel's thinking in his head, you messed everything up. Me and Tess had a good thing going and you fucked this up for us. Right. Um, so they end up hiking and uh, the entire time that they're hiking, Joel has his hand on the rifle finger off the trigger but he has his hand on the rifle ready to go and ellie's obviously very keen she notices that she's like what are you doing man there's no infected out here this is the middle of the woods he's like no but there are people so it's clearly letting you know everything in this world is dangerous it's not just the infected you need to worry about the people people will try and kill you just that way they can get the rifle off of your back they'll kill you just to get the piece of jerky that you have in your backpack anything that you have as a resource that they need because there are not resources being made anymore. See, and I didn't make that connection. I'm glad you said that because that actually puts it a little bit more in perspective for me. I thought he was doing that. It's probably twofold. It's probably for that reason and the reason I'm about to say because of, oh my gosh, Sarah was her da- was his daughter's name. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, I, what? I think. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I was thinking that he was doing that type of precaution and the guilt feeling of like people came up on him and because she had mentioned his scar so that's Mm -hmm. what made me think he's more cautious because of that scenario but yours makes a lot more sense so (laughs) thanks for pointing that out maybe that will change my my viewpoint now there's obviously a little bit of ptsd there but i i really don't think that's what it is i think that it's just he's a seasoned uh basically a war-hardened vet at this point. He's been there. He's done that. He's done this route so many times, and he knows how dangerous things around here can be, whether it's the infected or other people. That makes sense. Um, so as they're strolling along, they come into a Cumberland Farms gas station, which is completely overgrown. And uh, he said that he had stashed some stuff in there before. He stashed some uh, like ammo and stuff like that with Tess. And Allie's like, why Why would you do that? And he's like, well, you, stuff like this is a commodity. They don't make it anymore, so you only take what you need and you keep what you can uh, keep behind because this is a path that me and Tess go through all the time. If we run in through infected and then we uh, run through our ammo, we obviously need to get more, and we can't just find it nowhere. Right. So uh, 
he's looking around for it inside and she's like, let me guess, you lost it? And he's like, nope, just zeroing in on where I put it. <laughs> Typical answer of a guy. Uh, so it was a pretty funny back and forth between the two of them, Ellie just with her smart fucking comments and mm-hmm. Joel cracking some jokes back at her. And she's like, oh, finally, you can tell a joke. Good for you, man. <laughs> so she goes strolling on her own and she sees this underground door. And instead of telling Joel about it, she decides that she's going to check it out herself. Uh, and she's doing it very silently, uh, kind of under the covers behind him. And she hops down with no fear in her eyes, just I know, curiosity. I, and good for her because this is her real first look out in the real world. So for yep. her, this is not dangerous because she doesn't know what danger really is because she's been locked up in quarantine. Yeah, well, she saw danger a day before and scared the shit out of her. Um, but this is her personality in the video game. She is a curious person. She solves puzzles and she's fearless. She's smart, but she's fearless. So when she realizes that there's nothing down there, she hops down and she's looking for stuff to loot. Um, you find some stuff on a shelf, but then she hears something croaking and there's an infected that, uh, got caught in the rubble. Some rubble fell on top yeah. of him, and it's still kicking. Uh, Which she super sees gross. it. She gets spooked a little bit. Then once again, she gets curious. So she slowly starts walking up to it and gets pretty much face to face with this thing. And it's just staring at her, kind of snarling at her. And she pulls out her knife and slowly cuts its forehead open to see it peel away and the, uh, how the infection is taking a hold of it. Uh, and what I was super impressed with is how fucking realistic this thing looked. It looked amazing. The practical and uh, CGI effects that they have on this uh, on the makeup, I'm sure is... it's makeup as well. Well, that's uh, the practical. Oh, okay. So practical effects versus CGI. Practical would be the makeup, the gore, all that type of stuff. Whereas CGI is anything that's done by computer. Yeah. Um, and when you're watching horror. 99 out of 100 times practical effects will kick the shit out of anything uh, computer generated. You haven't really gotten to appreciate that yet, and we'll get into it once we get into some like the 80s slasher movies, and then we can pair those 80s slasher movies uh, like The Thing, which I don't think you've seen before, and we'll compare that to uh, a movie in the early 2000s. The difference that you see between the two is absolutely phenomenal. A movie that was done in the 80s called The Thing by John Carpenter is absolutely amazing, still looks really good today. And then you look at some of the 2000s movies like Cube, and the practical effects are fucking terrible, and they (laughs) don't hold up. Uh, So it's good to see when you got a good blend of the two and they work together. Um, So she, after she slowly does that, she just stabs it right in the head and then leaves. Uh, Joel starts to realize that she's been gone too long and goes to look for her, but Ellie hops out and doesn't say shit about what she did, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, didn't say, hey, I found an infected down there. It was neat. Or she just kept it to herself like, no, nah, I handled it. No big deal. Yeah. So very cool I think cool she wanted to, to prove herself to herself. Yeah, that, that very well could be, but it's not really proving yourself when it's trapped in the rubble. So... I, I don't know. I think that it was just she's keeping her shit to herself. Uh, doesn't need to put that on Joel, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, she's amazed by the fact that Joel flew. So they left, and as they're walking, there's a downed aircraft. She's like, oh, my God, is that one of the things that used to fly? And he's like, yeah, they, they were no big deal. She's like, have you ever flown in one? He's like, yeah, didn't seem like a big deal back then. She's like, what do you mean it wasn't a big deal? You were in the air flying. Yeah, yeah, she was, like, baffled. Uh, and it's very cool seeing Ellie, how she's amazed by the way that things used to be back in 2003 compared to how she lived an entire life and never left basically the quarantine community that she lived in. Yeah. Uh, never did anything, really. Uh, and she's experiencing all these things for the first time. Granted, she's not experiencing flying, but she got to see it. So um, they started talking to each other. And Joel's actually answering some questions for her at this point. She's asking, like, how did all the virus start? Did it start from a monkey or something? And he's <laughs> I like, that's funny. No, the virus started because they think that the infection tainted food, a food that was very popular, maybe like a flour or sugar or something like that, yeah. that got used in many, many different products. And then it went everywhere. And then he goes, Friday night, September 26th, 2003. And then by Monday, everything was gone. I know. That that little tidbit of the story was like baffling because it happened not necessarily overnight, but in that time frame, how everything changed like with a snap of a finger. Crazy to think that yep. that's how this whole thing began was because of maybe sugar and flour, cereal and bread. And it was shipped just like every other product has been shipped multiple times destroyed the world in a week insane yeah it's absolutely crazy and then you you have to wonder like if you do survive through all this what foods can you eat right can you eat nothing can you eat this can you eat that because even if you do they don't know right because it it could boil down to well what if the chicken ate it what if the cow like there's so many products that are cross-contaminated with humans and animals that yeah who knows what's safe that's scary. So they're walking down the path, and Joel uh, is like, okay, we need to stop here. Let's cross over, go through the woods. And Ellie's like, well, it's quicker to just stay in the road. And Joel's like, no, I don't want to. And they end up passing this human graveyard. And uh, Joel was explaining uh, if there wasn't room in the quarantine zone, they would bring you to an area like this and just kill you. And Ellie's so like, sad. why would they kill you? He's like, well, if you're dead, you can't get infected. Uh, so we get a flashback, September 30th, 2003, and it's showing uh, the military clearing out this town. I uh, liked how they did that it, flashback. It, it showed the clothing that was on the skeletons transform into a woman holding a baby on yeah. the back of a military truck. And they're clearing out, and then you see this guy in a bunker underneath his house <laughs> just watching cameras like, yeah, get the fuck out of here motherfuckers this is my place you're not getting me the fuck out of my place uh and this is bill uh so we're getting introduced to bill now in the video game uh bill is this like uh hardened dude and you go through uh his basically community to get a battery for the truck yeah so i remember the who bill is and everything about well not everything it's like i said many times in this uh podcast so far it's been years since i played this video game but i vividly remembered the scenes of uh going through bill's community and talking to bill and stuff like that i Uh, think they did that part of the story really well um he was so pumped when he figured out he walked outside and nobody was there 
it was like freaking Christmas morning yeah. to him. He could not wait to go grab the supplies he needed, grab all the shit that he needed, and really hunker down for like his the best life he could live. Like yeah. he was pumped. Bill is a textbook definition of an introvert. He hates people. He <laughs> wants to be by himself. Which is odd that he lives in a community and not like out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. a farm in the middle of the woods, but it is what it is. So uh, uh, it shows Bill in his bunker. He's got hundreds of guns down there in the walls, tons of guns, tons of ammo everywhere. And he's wearing a gas mask and he hops out of his house, <laughs> gas mask, shotgun in hand. He's clearing things out. He realizes that the whole community's going. He's like, fuck yeah. Hooks up his boat. Hauls ass over to Home Depot, goes on a little fucking shopping spree, taking whatever he wants. Yeah. He's setting the community up. He's setting gates up outside of the community. He's growing vegetables, harvesting meat. He turned his whole fucking town into this, like, Bill's paradise. Yeah. It was He's pretty cool. He's living the dream. So, four years later, 2007, uh, Bill is sitting down uh, eating dinner and... Uh, something goes off, it dings, and then he turns the camera on, and then he sees one of the infected, and then he's like, keeps eating his dinner. Take a step forward, motherfucker. (laughs) Keeps eating his dinner, and then he steps forward and uh, hits a trip wire and blows his head off. He just (laughs) laughs and goes, never gets old, and then just keeps eating his dinner. (laughs) It's like uh, the, the reality shows for him. Yeah, so now he's eating dinner, and uh, his thing goes off, and all that he sees is an empty pit, so he knows something fell into the pit. So he goes outside of his bunker, and uh, he checks it out. He's holding the gun up to it, and uh, the, the man inside the pit's like, hey, man, that, I'm trying to get to Boston. I don't I don't have any guns or anything. I fell in this pit. I'm yeah. fine, but sure could use some food. It's been days since I ate, so they go to his house, and... Uh, he gets him, despite him not wanting to, originally he just said, no, you're going to bring more people to my place. I can't tell people that I'm offering food or anything like yeah. that. He says, I'm not Arby's. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Arby's. And he's like, well, if it was Arby's, you'd be charging because that was a restaurant. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. little love promo for Arby's. <laughs> yep. So uh, it, he ends up inviting him over for uh, dinner, heats, food. Uh, he gets to have a hot shower. The whole nine gives him some... Uh, uh, clothing and then after dinner they go he plays piano bill plays piano and then the two of them kiss and then I, at this moment i was like all right what the fuck yeah so not to get super uh one way or the other with it but i hate how it's getting pushed so much and everything right now so at this moment i was like why the fuck do they even need to do this why do we need to go so crazy into it whatever though uh maybe it's just a scene and i can skip through it and then we get three years later frank and bill are fighting in front of the house and the fight is about gasoline and paint he's like what the fuck is all this about he's like well we got to fix this place up and then we got to fix this place up and they're like, well, why the fuck do we need to do that? It's a huge waste of time and resources. So Bill's very much about resource management. Right. You need to be aware of what you have and how to maintain it because this is your life. Right. So obviously these two are a couple now. Uh, we're three years later and they're just having a fight in front of their house just like any couple does. Um, so uh, Frank mentions that he's been talking to people over the radio, which ended up being Joel and Tess. And he's like, and they're coming over for a meal. And Bill's like, 
the fuck they are. And then the next scene, they're having a meal in the yeah, front lawn. Pretty, pretty priceless that uh, that turned into that. So Frank is just sitting there talking, having a good time, and then it shows Bill, and he's holding the gun up to Joel while they're eating uh, dinner. It was pretty funny. Uh, so the entire meal, Bill is pointing a gun at him. Joel mentions to Bill, like, hey, we can work for each other. You can give us some stuff, and we can give you some stuff. And Bill's like, no, I don't fucking need anything. Everything that I need is right here. Joel looks over at his fence, and he's like, that fence has got one of your left tops. Yeah. That steel's already starting to rust, and then people are going to bust right through. We can get you 10 uh, things of wire, which will fix that right up and probably outlive you. Um, so... Now we get another flash forward three years later. We're in 2013, and Frank and Bill are going for a run, and Bill is hurting during the run. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can tell that he does not run much because it's Ron Swanson, and he's got a big old gut on him. Um, But they end up getting to a uh, patch, and Frank's like, hey, I got a surprise for you. He covers his eyes and brings him over to something and pulls his hands away, and it's a patch of strawberries that he grew. And they're both in like complete amazement over this because they haven't had strawberries since before all this started, obviously. Just, you know, scientifically, uh, fruit is probably very hard to maintain in this type of environment and world. Obviously, they don't have a lot of fresh food. A lot of it is canned or um, non-perishable items. So this is like a real treat for them to have these strawberries. Yeah, and once you have the seeds and everything, you can do this every year. So this is now a complete thing that they're going to have for the rest of their lives because they have a little strawberry field. And he's like, how did you do this? And he's like, I traded Joel one of your guns for the seeds. He's like, which gun? Yeah. You can <laughs> he tell. instantly freaked out. And Frank's like, don't worry. It's a small one. You're not even going to miss it. But yeah. look at this. Uh, so it, it's a very cool moment that was in there. And uh, Joel mentioned to him the last time they met three years before, hey, just so you know, this safe haven, this paradise that you have, it isn't going to last forever. Raiders are going to come here. Right. They're going to overthrow this place. You need us. And sure enough, it's the middle of the night and Frank wakes up to like bombs and fucking fire going off. What happened was these raiders came in, they hit a bunch of the trip wires and stuff like that. There's flamethrowers growing off, burning people alive. Uh, Bombs are going off, just blowing people to shit. Just tons of people getting killed. And Bill is out front with a fucking rifle just shooting away at him. (laughs) And, uh, Frank goes outside to get him, pulls him in. Bill got shot, and it looks like he's not going to make it. And he's telling him, hey, you need to take care of yourself. What you need to do is yeah. take, call Joel. He'll take care of you. And then we get it 10 years later, 2023. So you're thinking, did Bill just fucking die? Yeah. That, that's the first thought that crossed my head. Like, I actually I, wrote it down. I said, oh, Bill's dead. And then I had to cross it off. because I, I was like, man, I love Bill in the video game. How are they going to kill him like yeah. this? Uh, so... Nope, Bill's not dead. Uh, shows Frank in a wheelchair. Um, and he seems very ill. He doesn't have motor controls to do simple things because you saw him painting before. They're beautiful paintings. Now yes. he's painting and it's just Picasso-like. Yeah. Uh, is the best way to describe it. Um, so the attention to detail and something as simple as the painting that he has is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're at dinner and like uh bill's asking him hey did you take your pills no i forgot and he goes to reach in his pocket he grabs his pill bag but he doesn't even have the dexterity to open the pill bag so he needs 
uh, Bill to open it for him and give him his pills. I think it's great the the growth that um, Bill did from the beginning where he was like just selfish and like really didn't even want to invite Frank in to, I can't do the math, but many, many years later where now he's helping him with his pills and he's like making sure that he's, you know, taking care of cutting his yep. food for him. Um, it, it, the fact that they could build that growth so quickly over like a couple flashbacks. And we're only 40 minutes in at this point. Yeah. The it fact that like they could do movie. that was amazing. Cause I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. yeah it was very good. Um, so, uh, Bill puts Frank into bed and it's a labor. He had to pick him up, move him out of the chair, bring him in there. And he's older too at this right. point now too. So he's and I think struggling he's older, with it. He was older than Frank to begin with. So yeah. the fact that he's um, having to take care of him, like full-time caregiver yeah, status, that was it, really it's sad. not easy for him. And obviously there's no assistance like there is today. If you need help, you can't get it. No. So they go to bed together. They wake up and, uh, Frank is already in the wheelchair. He's like, yeah, it took me damn near all night, but I got here by myself. And Bill's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> now you're going to be falling asleep in your chair again. Your feet are going to turn blue because uh, of the pressure on him. He's like, no, it's not. I'm not going to fall asleep today. He's like, oh, yeah, what makes today different? He's like, oh, today's my last day. I know. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and it, you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And he decided that he wants to kill himself because he doesn't want to be a burden to Bill anymore. He realizes how him living is making Bill's life miserable. And Bill has to see him go through this day by day. And he has to see Bill take care of him day by day and doesn't want to do that to him. So he decided that he's going to kill himself. And Bill's like, I'm not going to have that. He's like, no, I'm going to. So yeah. let's just make my last day a great one. We're going to right. he like lays out make the whole me breakfast. Plan. Then we're going to go down to this place. We're going to pick out a nice wine. Then we're going to go over here and we're going to get married. And then we're going to come back and you're going to make me another delicious dinner. And then you're going to crush up all these pills and put it in my wine. And they do. Um, so they have a great day together. They go out, they get married, they do the whole nine. They get back and uh, Bill pours the wine. Now, one thing that you'll notice is in the beginning, he uncorked the wine at the table, poured the wines, gave each other a wine. Here he showed up. The wine was already open, poured the wines, gave each other a wine. So instantly after uh, he poured the stuff in his drink, he's like, hey, this is enough to kill me, right? It's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he drinks it, and then he's like, then Bill chugs his. He's like, you spiked the wine bottle, didn't you? It's like, yep, there's enough to kill 10 horses in there. And... I caught on to that instantly that that would happen because of the fact that it, he came in with it uh, uncorked. Yeah. You can tell he's very, very much customs and courtesies type of person. Like plates are a certain way. They even get or organized a certain way yeah. where the main portion faces you and not away. And you open the wine at the table, not away from the table. I didn't catch on to that part of it. I did think that at the last minute, I thought he switched the wine glasses so that um, he would go and not Frank. Um, but I was happy. That would be fucked up. Well, I, I <laughs> he mean. He can't do anything. I. 
<laughs> I got you, bitch. You're going to starve to death. I thought about it. And I was like, because he didn't want him to die. So he was going to take the. <laughs> this is going to go off the rails. No, um, <laughs> I didn't think that he could allow him to do it because he's such a control freak. That's why I thought it. But in my head, of course, I thought, well, that's screwed up. Like, yeah. how could you do that to this poor guy that's like literally not able to take care of himself? Yeah. So I'm glad that it, that wasn't the turn of events and they both <laughs> went because, again, that would have really ruffled some feathers for uh, Frank in the wheelchair. Yeah. So they end up going to lie in bed to die in peace together. Basically, old couple Titanic style. Um, the notebook. Sure, notebook too. Do they die in notebook? Yes. I don't know. Not in the not in the book, but in the movie. In the movie they did. They, I'll they have hold to rewatch it. I haven't seen that in a long ass time. Yeah. That's your favorite movie, right? Oh my god, favorite movie. Okay. Yeah. It's no aliens, but it was good. <laughs> so for the longest time, that like I told Stacy, yeah, it's a good movie. Because it is. The notebook's a fine movie. Oh, yeah. And uh for the longest time she'd be like, You love that movie. I'm like, what makes you think by saying good that I love? Well, because to preference this, we watched The Holiday, and we've spoken Ugh. this in um, previous episodes. Um, fucking piece of shit. So the fact that you said you liked it, to me, meant you loved it because you could not stop bitching about The Holiday. When, again, I like The Holiday. I thought, I think it's a great movie. It's not, like, a top movie favorite for me, Like, but when I want to watch it i put it on because i do enjoy it i think it's a great story they're actually coming out with a holiday too so get ready but and no the notebook pick a destiny too before they come out with the holiday too <laughs> the the notebook for me is just it's all in my feels i love nicholas sparks i i love all his books he always plays a different role in the movie versus the book but the notebook to me felt the same as how bill and frank died they held hands. They had a plan, just like um, Allie and Noah had a plan. So to me, I put the two and two together, and i that's my personality. I love to think of things that relate, and that's how I, I like movies. And I mean, let's be real. Up to this point, we're about an hour into this episode, so this is almost like a short movie in its own. And it feels like a short movie in its own from start to finish. You almost got the entire feel of... Uh, their relationship yeah from quarantine to death of these two people yes. and now that they're dead i will say uh going back to the beginning where i'm like why are they adding a gay couple into this just had a gay couple they didn't this was how you should do it this was a great love story between yeah. these two people um despite anything that you think about it if you watch this and you think anything besides this is a great love story between these two, then hey, maybe you got some fucked up thoughts in your head because yeah. that's what it is. There was just uh, certain points in the movie, I, I'm sorry, in the show, um, based on the fact that we were watching it with our kids yeah. that I didn't appreciate and we had to fast forward a little bit. And that's just because... For, I only fast forwarded because I didn't know what they would show. Right, right. And they ended up showing nothing besides right. kissing, which, but, whatever. But my point is, is like, us as parents are allowed to take yeah. that. I didn't really appreciate the fact that I didn't have enough, I guess, as a heads up. That was my downfall mm -hmm. with it. I don't care what 
you're going to portray, but at least give a little like, hey, by the way, just in case you're a little uncomfortable or or whatever, just a little 411 would have been great. Yeah. Um, and I really, like, I think that there was one line in the video game that hinted towards Bill being a gay person. Not, like I said, I don't give a shit, whatever. Right. Uh, as long as it's not like super in your face, like, hey, this is what this is. This is what this is. Hey, like, this is what this like, is. And it's like, it's dicks not like and that. stuff. You know, that's a lot. It's yeah. a lot to take in. Yeah. And it takes some faces. Um, <laughs> so same th- thing with boobs. Oh, th- that's good. Um, Piranha, s- double D, triple D. I don't know if that clip will get old. That's not leaving the soundboard, I don't think. We'll see. Um, so from here, we get the cool tie-in to Joel and Ellie. So they show up to Bill's community, and Joel already knows the combo to get in there because he's been doing business with them for right. several years at this point. Did they um, say the time frame? Of what? Of when Frank and um, Bill like died. Versus them coming. No, but it's pretty clear that it's only been a couple of days tops because the meals are on the table. There are flies, but it hasn't completely turned or anything like that. Okay. Um, So they originally crossed paths, I believe, we're looking at... They were talking to him 16 years prior Mm -hmm. is the first time they met. So they've known each other for 16 years. Um, and when Joel first walks up to the house, the very first thing that he notices is the sunflowers at the front entrance are dead or dying. Yeah. And that's not something that they do. They take care of their property. Right. So they instantly know something is up. So that tells me it's probably been a week, maybe two weeks because they're not completely dead, but they're definitely dying. They haven't been watered. Yes. Um, oh, the flowers. I thought you meant Bill and Frank. Well, well, that's how long they've been dead. I know, but, yeah, but yeah. I thought you said, because you said they were dying, and we were speaking oh. of, I thought you meant Bill and Frank weren't getting watered. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, oh my God. Wow, I need is... to mute your microphone more often. So, <laughs> man, you're special, you know that? You wow. are a special one. <laughs> well, we were just talking about them. That's how I put Well, you the... got to keep them fresh, right? Oh, my God. All well, right. they left the window open, so you don't need to water Let, them. Let's... The rain will do that. Let's move so, on. So, uh, moving on. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, Joel instantly just opens the door to the place. Like, he he announces, hey, Bill, it's Joel, I'm here. But he doesn't knock or anything. He opens the door and goes in. Um they enter the house, and uh, he's walking around trying to find where Bill is. And Ellie is walking around just doing what Ellie does, snooping. <laughs> and she finds a note and a key labeled, to whomever, but probably Joel, which is awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. That, that's a very Bill thing to say from the video game. And she starts reading the note, and Joel looks just fucking taken back by the fact that Bill's dead, like, this is another huge fucking blow to him. Like well, the hits keep coming. He and he assumes that he's dead, but Ellie says, "Oh, I got this letter," and then says, "To whomever, or probably Joel." And then Ellie says, "Well, figured I was the whomever." Yeah, like that was that was funny that she just assumed like I'm just going to read this, even though it isn't directly to me. But 
Yeah. Well, she's reading it out loud to Joel, right. so that way he can hear. Right. And uh, he and it just says, "Hey, I leave all my possessions and weapons uh, to Joel," and then she just stops, and she hands the note to him, and then we can see what he's seeing, and it says to keep Tess safe. Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh fuck." Yeah, that was a stab. Oh in the man. And Joel is hurt bad. He walks out of the place and he's like, stay in here. And he goes out and I thought that he's going to break down, but he's a tough dude. So yeah. he's gathering himself. But he is fucking hurt. He's yeah. hurt bad. He's rocked. Um, and he took the key with him and he goes over to the truck. It's still in great shape. He obviously, it, Bill takes care of his stuff. Yeah. But he, first thing that he does is he opens up the hood. No battery. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But then he walks around. He opens up the fridge. He has the battery in there, but the cells are all taken apart. So that way it won't die. It won't corrode or it won't. It, it will still Bill be fine. Bill is a very smart man for so, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so all that he needed to do was throw it up in the charger and then he goes back inside and he's like, all right, check it out. My brother, he's in Wyoming. He's in some trouble. Uh, he used to be with the fireflies. We got to go get him. And then he'll get us to your lab or wherever the fuck it is that you need to bring us. So, yeah. rule number one, you don't bring up tests <laughs> ever. Rule number two, you don't tell anybody about your condition. If somebody hears that you were bit, you were infected, you're dead, they're not going to ask you another question. Second, that they find out that you were bit, you're dead. They're going to kill you. Rule number three, you do exactly what I say when I say it. And he's like, I need you to repeat it. Say everything that I just said back again. Your way goes. <laughs> <laughs> just being a bitch. Yeah. Um, so uh, they go and they raid the house and grab everything that they need. And uh, Ellie goes to grab a shotgun off the wall. And he's like, hey, we're only taking what we need. Not a single thing more. Because it's just going to weigh us down. She's like, she's got a fucking wall full of guns. Let right. me take one, man. Uh, so they're grabbing up toilet paper, ammo, whatever it is that they can take with them. And she finds out that Bill was the one who was playing the music over the radio. It's like, huh, 80s music. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he was the one giving the signals uh, via all of his cameras that he had set up of trouble uh, or whatever. Um, so they finally throw the battery into the truck. They hit the road. Once again, this is her first time in a car. Well, before that, she steals a gun. Yes, she steals a handgun on the way out what she specifically said not to do. Uh, and one really cool fucking thing is they both take showers and Ellie gets her fucking shirt. I know that means absolutely means nothing, nothing to you, to but that red shirt is what she wore in the video game almost the whole time, mm. like almost to a T, the same exact shirt. So that that's what I'm used to seeing Ellie as, and now she's finally got her shirt. So now she's officially uh, Ellie. Now she's Ellie. And uh, I like that you got so excited about that. Oh, I was. As soon as I saw it, I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I even wrote it in all caps. Ellie gets her fucking shirt. Yes. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> eh, fuck off. So <laughs> they go to leave. Ellie's never been in a car before. Uh, he has to show her how to put a seatbelt on. It's funny. that foreign of a thing to yeah. her that she doesn't even know what a seatbelt is. She said, put your seatbelt on. And she looked at him like he had a fucking dildo on his head or something. <laughs> Uh, so they get the truck starts right up first crank and they get to going. So episode over. Um, and you do get that awesome um, camera work of them where it feels yeah. like they're in a video game, which I do appreciate. Oh, yeah, they the did cameras it in the back seat again. Yeah, they yep. did it very well. I've 
seen many movies where it makes me motion sickness. This did it very well. Yep. I think they they nailed it in the fact that they know what they're doing. Yep. So now uh, our heroes are in the truck heading to Wyoming to go find his brother. Um, now, as far as differences, the bill is dead. Uh, there's this huge scene inside of the video game. Bill's such a fucking awesome character, and they don't have the interactions back and forth with Joel and Bill and Ellie and Bill because Bill is a fucking curmudgeon old man, and Ellie is this curious thing. They vibe so well together. It's like Joel and Ellie, but cranked up to a thousand. Yeah. So it's sad to not see that, but having this huge backstory on Bill kind of makes up for it. Now, he's not the curmudgeon old man that he was in the video game because of, uh, yeah, I think that he had somebody, but he lost that person or something along those lines a while back. So uh, he went back to being completely like hating the world and uh, that type of person. So It was his way of grieving. I'm indifferent about the fact that he was dead when Joel showed up. Uh, I don't know whether I like that, hate it. I mean, we didn't see the body, so let's not completely rule anything out yet. There may be a few they, further episode where Bill's still there, and he was just sitting there watching as uh, Joel was there. They hinted pretty but, heavily with the camera work of zooming out from the window, the window. with the um, the curtains blowing in the breeze, and I was so worried we were going to come back from the camera view and see them laying on the bed together, and I was just not prepared for that. I well, didn't. I figured that they wouldn't do that. That in my head, I was fifty-fifty of this is the only scene that we're gonna get, or we're gonna see Bill's hand on the windowsill as they're driving away. Okay. Like he lived. He only told his partner that he was going with him to help soothe his mind as he was going out, but Bill was still alive the whole I mean, time, and we might see him again in a further episode. That may still happen. You're right. I don't think so. I think that this was the perfect little end to their story. And this is the end of Bill, but it would be cool to see where it goes from here. I'm very intrigued by it. Uh, we're going to co- cover a lot more ground now that they have a truck. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see them uh, siphoning some gas to try and get the shit going because obviously, how are you going to get gas in a wasteland like this? How are you going to have gas that's still good right. this many years after? Or what is it? Uh, 10 year, 20 years? 20 years after uh, yeah. the first uh, outbreak? So it'll be interesting. That's for damn sure. Um, you have anything else that you want to say about the episode? No. Okay. So I think that about wraps it up. Once again, this is the Horror's Edge podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe. Please share it to some friends. But most importantly, drop a review. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, hop on Apple, hop on Spotify, hop on Anchor, wherever it is, or all of them would be fucking awesome too. Uh, <laughs> we drop would give that you five. a virtual high five. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, those reviews help us more than you could ever imagine, especially if you throw some words in there about what you liked about it. Uh, helps other people decide whether this is a podcast for them or not. Helps our small thing grow. So really appreciate it. So once again, till next time, I'm Phil. And I'm Stacy. And we'll catch you next time. 